Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Our reading is going to come from uh, Ephesians chapter 6, I believe. And we are going to read from about... Verses 10. And I'm going to read from the Amplified uh, Version. It says, in conclusion, in conclusion, if we have to say everything, explain everything, articulate, you know, break down, demystify. He says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Tell your neighbor, be strong in the Lord. He says, be empowered through your union with him. Be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his boundless might provides. And he says, put on God's armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies. That you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the depotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, he says, because we don't fight uh, with flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, Spirits of wickedness in high places. Because your war is not physical. That thing you see on that man is not him. That attitude you see on that woman is not her. That thing you see with those guys is not them. He says, because of that, therefore, verses 13, put on God's complete armor. Complete what? Armor. That you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. They some call the evil day. There's something in scripture called the evil day. That day when trouble will come on your door. That day when you will take your child to the doctor and receive the worst report. That day if you wake up and you're feeling a pain and it just continues and perhaps you went to hospital and the doctor gave you a report you never thought you never hear from a man's lips. That day, when you're given that letter to tell you you can no longer work with us, that day, when they give you the news of a dead beloved, the list is endless. We call that an evil day. God says evil days will come. But what we do with those days is what's important. Are you following what I'm saying? What we do with those days is what's important. The day a man wakes up and he has lost all that he has made or worked for, for his study of 40 years of active service. 
And he has to begin as one which has never had anything before. That's an evil day. I've seen pastors, a man has run his ministry for years and then tomorrow they tell him, today we don't want you here. Get out. And they have to start from scratch. They have to reset and they don't even know how or which way to begin. Evil days come. And what God is teaching us here is important. He's not teaching us to accept them. He's telling us what to do when they come. Oh, glory. He says, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground. The Bible says, on the evil day of danger. In other words, when he comes, you don't just say, oh, you know, it's what it is. It's how it goes. It's how everybody knows. Anytime now, you might hear, and then you accept it. Oh no, let's just adjust to the things we can't change. They said, I have to live with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to live with that. Many people are like that. And God says, when an evil day comes, let me tell you, it's not if, it's a when. That's why he says, when you pass through fire, I will be with you. He did not say if. No, he says when. You pass through the waters. He says, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through, when? He didn't say if, when? He did not say if, when? It's coming. So, you can just passively abandon it and sit in the back and just wait for it to come. Or, you can build or fortify yourself early. That when it comes, the Bible has said, Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. And he says, and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't lose your place. Do all the crisis demands. If he wants you to pray, you're going to pray. If he wants you to stand, you're going to stand. If he wants you to fast, you will fast. If it wants you to adjust, you'll adjust. But whichever way, tell your neighbor, we go through. How I don't know. Which way I don't know. But I want you to tell your neighbor, we make it anyway. It later turns out anyway. We find a way somehow. That is who we are. <laughs> Glory to God. The Bible says we are not of them that draw to perdition. But we are of them that believe to the saving of a soul. I want somebody to holler, I'm a warrior. Yeah, you're a fighter. Things just don't hang you. And then you say, yeah, 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 that's all right. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. No. It fails, you find another way. Hallelujah. We stand. Verses 14. Stand therefore. Again, it has been said. How many times has stand been said? Uh-huh. He says, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of what? Of what? Of what? Truth. He says, truth around your loins. In other words, whatever has come, what is the truth about it? Not the fact. 
No, I'm talking about the truth. Yes, it's a fact that you have this disease. But it says, what is the truth? The first time you receive a report, what is the truth about this? Does this mean that that's the end of me? Does this mean that my marriage has to fail? Does that mean that I have to adjust to what the doctor has said? That's what he's asking. Hallelujah. He says, put on what? Truth. Very important. Some of you have been in salvation enough to know that there are many people in the world, the moment they're in trouble, the thing you turn to is important. When the Bible says, my son, that tend to my words, incline thine ears to my saying, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, of your heart. For these words are what? Life to them that what? Find them and medicine to all their body. When trouble comes, where do you first lean? Where do you turn first? There are people, it's almost as though they will turn to carnal elements the morning they're in danger. A Christian sleeps and then they're going to fall. Then you hear them say, Jajange. Jajange means my grandfather or my grandmother. They even mentioned the name of the Jaja. Jajange Naru. Then they fall down. <laughs> You're in trouble. Somebody shout hallelujah. Critical faculty, sunasis. That wisdom of God that responds by truth. But Jesus. That's how you're supposed to respond. Glory. Hallelujah. That, that's, that's the right way. Some of you, whoa, wait. No, 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 no. Somebody shout hallelujah. Anyway, let's continue. Put on truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity or of moral rectitude and right standing with God. That's the breastplate of righteousness. Verses 15, and having shod your feet in the preparation to face the enemy with a firm-footed stability, the promptness and readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Did you hear that? The promptness and the readiness produced by the good news. Did you hear what I just said? The promptness and the readiness produced by the good news. That means when you're listening to the message for so long, there's a promptness that comes in you. There's a readiness of response that comes in your spirit because you have been attending to the message. Hallelujah. There's a way you find yourself responding. Uh-uh, no, it's no big deal. I am fine. Glory to God. Let's continue. Verse 16 says, lift up above all. Alright, I want you to understand that. Lift above all or over all. Some versions use above all. KJV uses above all. The Amplified says lift up what? Over all. That means truth is important. The breastplate of righteousness is important. Your moral standing with God is important. But it says above all or lift up over all the covering shield, and I love how the Amplified calls it, of saving faith. Not what? Faith only, but saving faith. Upon which, he says, you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. 
Did he say some? He says, upon which you'll be able to quench all the flaming missiles of an enemy. The KJV says, upon which you'll be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked. Let me tell you how this scripture knocked me out. That three-letter word called all. He says, oh, do all this righteousness, borrow truth. I mean, you know, buy it and sell it not. Quote your scriptures, align things, you know, call a brother to pray with you, join hands with a prayer partner, you know, run mad and put on a sermon. But he says, but above all, overall, you know, as these things are not complete, he says, put on the complete armor. I'm explaining what they call the complete armor. This is how you complete yourself. He says, above all. Above all. He says, put on the shield of faith that you may be able to quench all the fairy darts of the enemy. He's not saying that the enemy won't send his arrows. He's not saying that the enemy is not going to send his missiles. He's not saying that the enemy is not going to try to bombard you. If you don't have any attack on your life, it's because you're not yet functional. The moment you start functioning in the spirit, things are going to come. But the Bible says, but above all, you put on what? The shield of faith that you might be able to quench all the missiles of the enemy. Now today, I came to help you understand what he calls the shield of faith. The shield of faith is saving faith. I'm not talking about faith to tolerate. <laughs> huh? I'm not talking about the faith to what? To tolerate. I'm not talking about the faith to endure and say, even though the pain is there, I will not die. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the faith that is going to save you. We're talking about the faith that is going to change things regardless of how they are coming to make sure by God that you come out with the right answer as you have believed God. He called it the shield of faith. The shield of faith. God wants to teach us how to apply our faith as a shield. Let me explain. If somebody got an arrow and shot a person and that arrow got into this person's body and it entered. Huh? And then we start praying for that person that they will heal of that wound. Okay? And we pray for them and they are healed. That's all right. It's a certain application of faith. But this is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about the miracle of healing. He's talking about the miracle of divine health. Who has understood the difference? Because in the same breath, if I got another arrow and I released it, to attack another individual and that individual has a shield 
and it hits that shield, boom, and it falls off. We don't need to pray for them to heal. Are you following what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So the miracle of that person is that no arrow touched them. You see, do you know it is harder to stay without falling sick than it is to heal of any disease? <laughs> okay, the problem is they live in the realm of I was sick and the Lord what? Healed me. And that is faith too. If you're here and you're sick, God is going to heal you. But what about this guy who didn't fall sick? Praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. COVID. Monkeypox. They just see you stepping. You don't have a card with a doctor. You don't know any number of a doctor. Some of you are spending five years without going to hospital. Some of you have spent six years without going to hospital. Some of you have spent seven years without going to the hospital. Some of you are going in 10 years without going to hospital. Some of you 15 years without getting a drip on you. <laughs> oh, 17 years without an injection. Glory to God. So today you're going to choose what you prefer. The miracle of divine health is greater than the miracle of divine healing. Somebody shout hallelujah. Why? Because with this one, it entered and we prayed it out. With the other, it could not enter. Somebody shout hallelujah. With this one, they got a financial breakthrough and somehow they came out. With the other, they never became broke another day. Somebody shout, saving faith. So we're talking about the shield of faith. We're talking about a place where even when the attacks come, they don't have consequence. They will not shake your business. They will not shake your marriage. They will not shake your ministry. They will not shake your family. They will not shake your body. Even if that disease entered, they will say, this person had COVID and they did not have one symptom. <laughs> Glory! The same thing that was killing people on ventilators and respirators. Other people carried without any sign. Some of you, you didn't carry any sign. Somebody shout hallelujah. Praise God. And God is telling us it is possible to live there. It is possible to live there. Do you know God's perfect purpose for your life is not to be touched in the first place? That's divine purpose. That's perfect purpose. It's permissible will for you to be touched and be healed. But it's perfect purpose for it not to have any consequence of you in the first place. That's how you should be like. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Let's go to Psalms 91. I want to show you something amazing. And it's going to appear different for you today. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amplified. He says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God. Read the Amplified. He who stays or dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall remain what? Shall remain what? And what? Fixed under the what? Of the what? Whose power no foe can with I. Who has understood what I just said? Whose power no enemy can withstand. No disease can withstand. No circumstance can withstand. No condition can withstand. Nothing, nothing can hit them. Even if they enter a drought season, something will find its way. Oh, something will find its way to provide when others are sinking. I'm talking about people who will not see evil days when they come. Hey, who has understood what I just said? They will not see evil days when they come. And there are people here who are saying, ah, but pastor, is that even possible? This guy is playing on our heads. Is that even possible? Can somebody just be there without falling sick? <laughs> what does the word say? What does the word say? I'm not going to argue with you on any plane because I don't understand how you do your science. But what does the word say? He has said that there is a place in God. It's somewhere there fixed. And no power of the enemy can withstand a man in that place. Now you remember what he said in Ephesians, therefore stand in your place. You remember what we were talking about? Standing in your place. This is the place where no foe can what? It is possible to live above attack. I'm not saying that it's possible to avoid attack. I'm only saying that it is possible to live above it. It comes, but it has no power over you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Verses 2, he says, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God on whom I lean and rely, and in him I have confidently trusted. He says, for then he will deliver you, listen, from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Now, he's going to explain that deliverance. Listen to what he calls deliverance. Verses 4, then he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness are a shield and what? They are a shield and what? And buckler. He says, you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots, and the slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death and sudden death. The city started skipping from there. And sudden death and sudden death and sudden death and sudden death. Those things of they found her dead. Hey! You know, we have people who say, let me not lock the door. They might find me dead. So they easily carry you out with no fight of at least kicking the door. Unbelief. That surprise and lay waste that word. Noonday. Verse 7. 
a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come near you I don't know who I'm talking to let them die but not me are you hearing me I know a church member who came to me and they told me they've told us that they cannot afford to run the organization they're telling us that they have to release all of us and I told her they will not release you after some time she came and told me Apostle Grace they were firing people left, right, and center. Letters were passing, but they were not calling me. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. They were not what? Calling her. He said they can fall at your side. They can fall near you. But they will not come to touch you. They will not come to touch you. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says they will not come near you. They will not touch you. They shall by no means come near you to even touch you. To say I felt it. So it's possible for disease to come. And it goes through individuals. Poop, 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 and then it reaches you and you're here. And then it. Then it continues. It's possible for poverty to come and hit a whole village. One time I was in Gerenge. Back in those days, we used to have moments of prayer and I was preaching before close to about a hundred young people and rain came by the torrents. And I don't know that day something came upon me. I know it was the inspiration of the Spirit. And I told them this rain is going to fall around all of us, but it will not touch anybody. And do you know what? It fell around all of us by three meters. It hit three meters away from where we were praying. I thank God I have witnesses. And it surrounded like that in torrents, but it would not come in our what? Yet it was rain. Somebody shout hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to be crazy. Stop allowing things to just come. Some of you, you're like the devil's workshop. Every time he wants to make something, he has to enter you. You're the one who carries things. You're the one who carries diseases. You carry everything. Refuse. Refuse. Somebody shout amen. He says they can follow to any site. But my will for you is that none of those things shall come near you. Let them pass. Let us hear that something passed, but it did not touch you. And God is saying it is possible to live that kind of life. Oh yes, it entered somebody's house and then they fought with it. Oh brother, I've been dealing with something for two weeks. Yes. But because they have a testimony of breakthrough, it didn't make them greater than the man whom it did not touch in the first place. <laughs> Glory to God. He says a thousand may fall at one side and ten thousand on the other, on your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Verses 8, he says only, only 
Underline that word, only. Underline that word again, only. I don't know whether the city should skip there also. Only. God has called you only to be a spectator. And he says, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward. You see it and say, oh, it has passed. But only as a spectator. Oh, those days, ah, there was poverty in the world. There was poverty in the world. My friend so-and-so lost his job. My friend so-and-so lost his job. What about you? Ah, me that was when I was promoted. Ah, 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 ah. That's the conversation. That's the conversation. I decree at the sound of my voice that every man that has had this word tonight may so be your testimony and not otherwise. That should be the conversation. Ah, in those days, money was scarce. Oh yeah, it was. Many of our friends lost a lot. What about you? Ah, no. I was inaccessible. Oh brother, you're so proud. No, it's not pride. It's understanding the perfect will of God concerning your life. It's understanding the perfect will of God concerning your life. One time, somebody was keeping some things of mine, plural. And they kept them for quite some time. We had an arrangement, mutual one. And then one day they said, you know, Apostle, come and pick your things. Because they steal my things, but they don't steal yours. <laughs> they steal my things, but when they come to yours, they bypass them and steal mine. Somebody shout hallelujah. May the Lord maintain your lot. Now, you can't have that kind of mentality. And let me help some ladies here. How can they steal your man? He wasn't yours or whatever, Mubba. They don't steal yours. Somebody shout hallelujah. This person stole my opportunity. How do they steal your opportunity? This person stole my contract. You steal others' contracts, not mine. Oh my God. I can make you. The Bible says the Lord is the person of my word. Yes. He maintainest my Lord. He's the person of my inheritance. Hand of my cup. He maintains my Lord. I don't care how many go. Yours is there. I don't care how many jobs they can, you know, tinker and manipulate. Your job can not be tinkered. You can't lose your opportunity. That's the mentality you should carry. It is the attitude you should carry. I can never be late for my opportunity. I'm always on time. God is maintaining my stuff. Nobody can touch it. If they stole it, it wasn't mine. Mine can't be stolen. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. One time, for the first time in my life, I used to live with my sister and uh, a young man we used to live with, I think was living in the country, and then he robbed my stuff. He took my laptop and what and what, he took a few things and shoes and, and he was to sell it and then leave the country. My family knows this story. And then, you know, sometimes those people say, oh, maybe they're poor, let them take. But I got anger and I said, but this boy, how could he enter my room? You know that anger? I said, but how could this boy enter my room? And then I went on my knees and I said, God, wherever that boy is, I'm told he's going at the airport anytime soon. Confuse him there. I'm sorry I prayed that prayer. But I said, confuse him there and let someone find him for me. Lo and behold, the boy got to the airport and got very confused. And somebody found him for me. <laughs> and somebody I know. And we arrested him. And I told him, me, they don't steal me. Give me my stuff. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. May God, I said, maintain your lot. Unless I don't want the thing, I can say, oh, oh, unless the Lord tells me, pardon the person. You know, sometimes there are those God will tell you, at least one, you pardon them. And then you say, let me let it be. But only because God has told me pardon. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Instead of thinking that people can just come and take what's yours, eh? eh. No! Somebody shout hallelujah. Unless God was telling you, no, I was tired of that shoe, but you had refused. You know, there are also those things. God tells you, change that shoe, you refuse. And then he allows a devourer to take it away. That one you don't, and some of you, those are the ones you fight. Bring my shoe, bring my shoe. And then they bring the thing back. And it's like the shoe of a war veteran. Somebody shout fire. <laughs> there are things we shouldn't fight for. Those ones, they go. It's God's will. He wanted to buy you a new one. It was the only way to communicate to you, you stiff-necked fellow. <laughs> Somebody shout amen. The Lord does maintain our Lord. But you must shield yourself up that way. You must shield yourself up that way. You must tell yourself that I don't just lose like that. That's not how things come. Mm -mm. That's not who we are. Parents, build that as your household. And look for a name and say, no, the Lubegas don't get this. We don't go through this. This is not who we are. Name it even over your children. If your child brings a paper of 38, you tell them we don't fail. In this house, we don't fail. Don't just say, you stupid boy. Whose stupidity did you take? Your mother or your... No, no, no. Tell them we don't fail. Yes. You own your house like that. You surround and put a hedge even on your household with the very words. We don't fail. We don't fail. We don't draw back. We don't draw back. We don't draw back to perdition. Things don't frustrate us. No, we always find ways. We are like that. We always find ways. One time I was working with a fellow, I think he was of German descent, German-American descent, very old guy. He was in the 90s. Or I was banking during that time. We were trying to help him over something. So asked this old man, who was not a Christian? 
ask him, you're in the 90s, but you're still strong. Do you know what the guy told me? Let me tell you something, my friend. The Nelsons don't die early. I said, the who? The Nelsons. We die hard and we fight. We don't die early. Now, if this guy could accord divine health on the DNA of their family name, somebody shout hallelujah. And then you find a believer at 36 and then they stand up and say, oh, I've grown old. <laughs> Fire, soap in your mouth. I wash it in Jesus' name. How can you make such a confession at 36? Oh, I've grown old. Can't even see on the computer. 35. You can't breathe at 35. You can't walk at 35. What's wrong with you? What about your family name? We are children of the Most High God. And we have an identity with Him too. Wherewith we are allowed to partake of great and precious promises. We take them. We take them. We stand and say, mm -mm, we don't die that way. You tell me, my grandfather lived for 961 years. Oh, who? Methuselah. That was my grandfather. Adam was my grandfather. Yeah, you name them. Some of you, you go for prayers and say, in our family, all the men die young. Which family? Which family? Which family? Which family? Oh, the women in our family, they don't give birth. The women in your family. Are you talking of Sarah or? Who are you talking about? Mary who? Somebody shout hallelujah. Know your roots. Know your source. Know your place. He says, we're not of them that draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of a soul. And let me tell you something. Do you know when the Bible says in Proverbs 27 that a prudent man for us seeth evil and hideth himself? Do you know that that very word hideth is the same as shields? And if there must be a shield, then there must be some sort of vision through the work of faith that teaches a man which is prudent to know how to respond to circumstances in order to shield themselves from the foreseeable evil days. That means it's possible for God to show you things before they happen. Let me explain why many of you miss it. Without the right attitude of faith. Let me give you a simple example. Let's talk about divine health. Right attitude. I don't fall sick. That's the right attitude. Are you following? I don't what? Fall sick. That's the right attitude. Without that right attitude, the vision of the spirit necessary to help you see what wanted to exalt itself above your knowledge in Christ will stay invisible without that attitude. Let me explain it. He says, for the weapons that we have in Christ are mighty, for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Where are strongholds? In your mind. Casting down what? Imaginations. Where are the imaginations? In your mind. Now follow me. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me explain this so you understand it. What do you know about divine health? That God does not want me sick. That I don't fall sick. Ha! That already disturbs many people. 
who think that it's okay. You're a human being. Of course, you're a Zeke. No, listen. He said, I wish above all things, that's the will of God, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So now you understand that the will of God for your life is to be in health, not healing. That John 1, 2. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul, what? Prosperous. Did he say, and be in healing? He said, and be in what? That means divine health is your word. So you have the right attitude. Now, there's a man who I know that. There's a man who doesn't know that. And if a man does not know that, it means that they expect to be sick and to be healed. You see, has a wrong understanding and interpretation of the way of truth. That means it's okay for that man to be sick. The vision to undergird and shield themselves from sickness is it cannot come to them because they have broken the hedge of divine health. And that's how many people think that it's okay to be sick because you're human. Because many of you choose your human version, not your God version. Now in the same world, there is a man who believes in divine health, that for them they don't fall what? Sick. Even when they feel it, they refuse to acknowledge that they're sick. When a man is of the right attitude, in the knowledge of God. He says, then this thing comes to exalt itself higher than your knowledge of God. What do you know about God? I know about God to keep me in divine health. That's truth. So if anything comes to break that pattern out of your system, and then you wake up with a pain, but you have the right knowledge of God, he says, by God, you already have a weapon. He says, for our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to pull down what? Strongholds, to cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But your knowledge of God, because everyone knows God differently. There's somebody who thinks that it is the will of God to be poor. So when poverty comes, there is no need to cast a vision to take them out of that poverty because it's embedded in their spirit. It's foundational for them to accept poverty. But then there's a man who knows that he was made poor, that this might redound to my word, to my wealth, and therefore I cannot be poor. I am wealthy by Christ. So if anything comes to attack what he knows in God, that man already has a word, a weapon. And part of this weaponry is the prudence of spirit that only comes to the man with the right knowledge. When you say, I don't fall sick, the vision of the spirit to preserve you in divine health will come easily to you. And when it comes to you, that's when the prudent man foreseeth evil. So if anything contrary to your faith comes, you'll already have a vision of it. You'll see it. God will give you the ability to see it because it's trying to exalt itself above your knowledge of God. And so with that, you bring to captivity all thoughts to the obedience of Christ, having the readiness to punish all disobedience. The Bible says, when your obedience is coming, what's your place of obedience? To stay standing in your ground and say, I don't fall sick. I love how Smith Wigglesworth said it. Smith Wigglesworth said, I cannot understand God through feeling. You know, we have people who understand God through feeling. Let me explain what I mean. When they feel pain in the headache, they think they are sick. That's understanding God through a feeling, through senses. When they touch their pockets and there's no money, they conclude they're what? They're poor. But there is a man with nothing in their pockets. 
but they feel like they're the richest person in the world. That's prudence of spirit. To connect by the judgments of the spirit to the truth of God and his vision concerning your life. Are you following me, child of God? Now, why some people get attacks and they don't see them is simple. Because they have already prepared themselves for those attacks because of their indifferent thinking or faith. But when you believe right and say, God has said that he will establish me in divine health. Say whatever Satan will want to send on your side, you easily see it. How will you see it? Perhaps one day you're driving. And as you're driving in a car, something crosses your head. And you've fallen in an accident and you're bleeding. The thought is what? Let me tell you, many Christians just say, Hey Alex, how are you? Where are you? Oh, 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 oh. No. From there. God, I cannot have sudden death, you said. That vision, I cancel it right now. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because Satan is trying to exalt himself above what you know in God. That's a prudent man. Now when you say, I cancel it, I cannot die in a car accident. Then the shield comes. The shield comes. And then before you know that, nothing happens. And then you practice it for another day. And then you practice it for another day. And then you practice it for another day. I remember one day I was driving a kid to school many years ago. And uh, I think I was just graduated. And so I was driving a kid to school. And as I'm driving, a vision comes openly. And we were in a very bad car accident. Crushed and bleeding and everything. And then the moment I saw it, I said, I refuse it, I refuse it, I refuse it. I refuse it. And then I spoke in tongues. And in about two minutes from that vision, a truck entered in the road where I was driving, swabbed and swabbed. It was a rainy day and just my tires kept skidding and skidding and skidding. And all we lost was a sidelight. But it was supposed to be a very nasty accident. But the Lord showed it. And we fixed it. Let me tell you, don't take your faculty, this thing, lightly. Some of you, the whole day, you think death. You will die. Don't play with your mind. Don't play with your mind. You sit and meditate. You feel pain. And then you diagnose yourself. Some of you, the moment any pain comes, when I've counseled people, I know what I'm telling you. And then you go on Google, you go on dictionary, you go everywhere, you go. By the time you're done, in just 20 minutes, you have seven diagnoses. Slight pain, which was supposed to have gone if you knew what to do. And then unfortunately, you keep one, your body, cellular memory, your cells conceive one and say, okay, let's go with this. Let's go with uh, what? Yeah, let's take cancer. <laughs> huh? And then the cells start now agreeing eh? with where your brain has what? The Bible says the simple pass it and they are punished. That's what Kenneth E. Hagin said, that you might not stop a bird from flying above your head, but you can refuse it from building a nest. Some of you have nests of thoughts 
you wake up at 3 a.m. and start thinking up to 6 a.m. Nothing constructive. You're just agreeing with the devil. You understand what I'm saying? And then you ask yourself why you're living in depression? Of course. Then you ask yourself why you have seen everything and it has come as it has? Of course. What do you expect? Slap yourself out. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm here. I do it. The devil brings a silly thought. I say, hey! Out in Jesus' name. How can I fall sick? Basket. And then I walk away. Glory to God! That's a shield of faith. Hallelujah. But some of you, you're in the mirror. Oh my God, look at my nose. Ay, 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 You look into that mirror and say, Hey! Sararo badigazolo goto. Fearfully and wonderfully. Nose. That's what he's looking for in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Some things might not come naturally. Yeah, but the Bible says God is a beautifier. What does that mean? Beautify yourself in the word. Hey, hallelujah. If you feel it's not working, you speak to it until it works. The communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. If nobody believes you, that's their problem. You keep to your faith and say, this is what I believe. I know people who can sit the whole day and think of how everything going to fall apart is going to fall apart. They even start constructing the way it should fall apart and you don't know that in the spirit realm, you're literally creating everything to reality because your mind is a faculty of creation. Nothing they imagine to do shall be impossible with them. Let me tell you, there are days sometimes we drive to meetings and you park and then in your brain, you start giving people seats. I've done that many times. You sit there, you sit there, you sit there, you sit there, you sit there. Put 30,000 chairs. You sit there, 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 you sit there. Are you hearing me? Why? Because you're telling yourself that it has to work. Oh, they're not going to come. Fear it not. How can they not? You see what I'm saying? It works in every aspect. In every aspect. In every aspect. Finances. Some of you, you smell broke, you think broke, you act broke. Even if somebody tells you, give me some money, you tell me, I don't have. How can you say? Find another excuse. Even though there is not money in your pocket, tell them, you know, uh, sorry, the bank is closed. What about tomorrow? There's some money of mine held somewhere in a bank. Hey! It's just a little money. I would have helped you, eh? but eh, I'm also eh, broke. Oh! We don't speak those things. We don't speak those things. Just say, oh, I'm sorry. Not now. Not now. Why? No, just not now. But some of you, ha, you know, eh? do you know I'm also looking for rent? Do you think I even ate dinner? 
That's not the way. Somebody shout hallelujah. So this is what I was trying to say before I close. So the prudent man, the prudence of the spirit, when you know the word, when you know the truth, and then any thoughts, some of them might come as dreams. You dream things that are contrary to what God has spoken. You wake up at that particular point and draw your shield and buckle and say, no, not in my house, not in my body, not in my ministry. Oh my goodness, not here, not there. And let me tell you, those things come. They come. And then another one just accepts it. Oh, you know, it's part of life. Oh, somebody just says, ah, you know, uh, it was just a dream. No, it's not. God is trying to warn you to tell you, brother, fix this thing because it is coming. It's coming. Sometimes I've had experiences where sometimes I'm stuck in something and I ask honestly, I say, Father, what am I missing on this issue? And sometimes in a dream of a night, he comes and shows you exactly what to do. And then I wake up and first clap. And I shout victory. Yay! And then I fix it. When you live that life, you're going to exactly agree with the scripture that the path of the just shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. Your life will be like this. At worst, like this. That if there's any cassette back, can only throw you back to tangent. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is the word of God today. That from today, attacks stay far from you. Or if they should come, they'll not come near you. You just hear that it happened, but it will not happen in your circle. From today, you learn to shield yourself. He said, above all, over all. He says, clothe yourself. It's a cloak. It's a covering. It covers everything that comes to make sure that it doesn't touch you. It doesn't come near you. It ends on that shield and it goes back to the enemy. And imagine a man shooting arrows, but they cannot get you. They've been shooting, but you're not bleeding. Thank you, Jesus. Something wonderful is happening. Something wonderful is happening. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I want you to raise your voice and start to pray. Enough is enough. 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 Tell the devil, even as you're speaking, I'm not going to repeat this. Open your mouth and pray. You came to pray. You're about to change things. <laughs> My God, you are about to change things. You are about to change things. You are about to change the impossible the unchangeable when mountains fall 
house there by the power of your hand in your heart of hearts out well and my soul knows
it. I was not created to fail. I was not created to struggle. I was not created to stay in bondage. I was not created for strife. I was not created to bear. created for mediocrity. I was not created for compromise. I was not created for rejection. I was not created for regression. I was not created for weakness. I was created for strength. I'm a victor. Confess everything you know about God to be true. Confess what you know his word has said. His word said I shall make you the head and not the tail. He meant it. He says you shall be above only and not beneath. He meant it.
children. You don't belong in my children. Drugs, you're not for my children. Talk to your children's destiny. Alcohol is not for my sons. It's not for my daughters. Cocaine is not for my child. That is not mine. It's not for our family. It is for full life because he said that with long life he will satisfy me say it if you're sick heal now if you're crippled walk now If you're barren, receive child. If you're deaf, let your ear open now. If you're dumb, speak. Crippled businesses are walking. Now is the time, not tomorrow. There's a reason why you came. There's a reason why you are here. This message was yours. You'll not die at the time your mother died. You'll not die at the age your father died. You'll not die. You will not die. No, no, no. No. Refuse it. You'll not struggle with the things that your parents struggled with. What your father and mother did not overcome, you overcome in the name of Jesus. Pastors, your ministry cannot be frustrated. It will never be frustrated. Trouble will never come and break your house. Your house will never be broken by the wicked and unreasonable. Such confidence have we toward him. your faith and I see the power that changes things I want you to give the Lord a matter of a praise clap like you know what you just did to the devil clap like you know what you just did for your family clap like you know what you just did for your career clap like you know what you did to your body you clap like you know what your ministry has just received tonight come on celebrate God
if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus today I want to give you an opportunity to make the best decision you could ever make Jesus died for you that he will give you life that you'll receive all we have been speaking about because everything I've been speaking is the inheritance of the children of God so if you're there and you say today I want to be born again repeat these words after me say Lord Jesus I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory say today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior I'm born again Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.